Hello, and welcome to Beautifully Candid, where we bring you real stories about real people. On this podcast, we'll share and explore our guest journeys, both personal and professional. Most importantly, we will do that without judgment. We're your hosts, I'm Dee, and I'm here with one of my most favorite people in the world, Elle. Elle and I have been friends for over a decade, and we've had our share of unique life experiences, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. And the very idea of this podcast was born over a series of dinners and cocktails. I don't know about you, Elle, but we are speaking on behalf of both of us. I think we're both so delighted to be here on our inaugural episode of Beautifully Candid. Feels like we've been talking about this for such a long time. How exciting that we are making this little idea a reality. So, Elle, I'm going to turn the mic over to you to get us started with our very first guest. Dee, thank you. I couldn't be more psyched to be co-hosting this uh, live event with you tonight. I, I hope that it's the beginning of an amazing journey with you and all of our special guests. And we certainly have a special guest tonight. She and I connected over five years ago in corporate America, where we were selected to launch a women's inclusion and leadership network. And all the most important thing I remember about that experience, other than being a very pivotal point, I think, in both of our careers, looking back on it, was how I really clicked on a personal and professional level with our special guest, specifically because intuitively I felt a strong connection. I saw a shining bright light of courage, beauty, grace, intelligence. And it was only the part of my journey of getting to know each other. And obviously I know much more now than I did then. But I am so glad I followed my intuition, uh, maintained the connection, and brought us all here together today. The last time she and I were physically together, were in we were in Art Basel in 2017. We knew each other prior to that. And since then, we've been in loose contact, you know, virtually because of, you know, time and distance or different lives the COVID challenge. So without further ado, I want to introduce our audience to Mahalani Akiona, better known as Mahi. Currently, she's a tantrist sex magician, urban shaman, and professional coach based out of LA. She's also CEO of Beloved Coaching, an innovative boutique coaching and consulting firm on a mission to unite humanity through consciousness with love. After working in corporate America and technology startups for 17 years or thereabouts, she decided to peace out and fulfill her life's calling of empowering women to live their best, most authentic and sexy lives through the spirit of Tantra. And I'm so delighted to have you here today, Mahi. 
And I have no doubt that our audience will be so inspired by your personal and professional journey of courage, hope, and healing. So without any further ado, Mahi, welcome, and we're delighted for you to kick us off. Well, thank Welcome, you so Mahi. much. I appreciate LD, the both of you. And first, congratulations that this is your first, you know, podcast show. I'm so honored and humbled that, you know, I'm your chosen guest. And I feel like this is just such a great cherry pop moment. And, you know, and a special shout out to uh, L. <laughs> she really knocked down my front door like gangbusters. I'm at a at a, a special time in my life and that, you know, even the people who are very close to me and that crew is super tight. I mean, they need like a triple password <laughs> to get past my, my do not disturb. And so I'm glad that you both um, followed your intuition and, and for Elle for pushing past my barriers of Fort Knox. And it's like situations like this, these you know, synchronicities that I think are, you know, pure kismet. And um, so, yeah, I love connecting with you on this, like, platonic, you know, menage a trois, the podcast, you know, experience. So thank you so much. So where would you like to start, Mai? We have a lot to uncover. We do. A rich story of personal, professional, courage, hope, healing, ups, downs, in between. And, you know, as Dee mentioned earlier, we are beautifully candid. This is about real story, real people. I want the audience to know we are not scripted. We are not censoring. We are not filtering. Our only mission here is to inspire people and to share the real deal human experience. Awesome. I'm all for it. Let's go. So maybe, maybe you want to, should we start with maybe helping the audience understand a little bit about Tantra, what it is to be a, a shaman, uh, Tantra sex magician. Maybe you can start with the basics there and then feel free to start current and work backwards or go all the way back in time as far as you'd like to and bring it forward. Sure, absolutely. So. Yeah, Tantra for me um, has been a really beautiful like self-discovery in my own healing journey and also um, became quite an interesting way to discover a new um, profession. So taking a little bit of a step back, you know, Tantra for me in my learning has been a form of, you know, spiritual meditation in its simplest um, form. I mean, it dates back thousands of years from you know, an Eastern discipline in China to five to 10,000 years if you go back as far as India. So, you know, this concept isn't necessarily new, <clears throat> but I think it's new in the sense of, you know, how I want to share it in the world, especially since the sex industry um, has had um, what I consider very like a male perspective that's been saturated in, in porn um, sometimes aggressive and, and really of like the mind, um, and women's bodies have been, you know, portrayed in a way, um, as like a sex symbols and, you know, bottom line for me, it's, I, from my own sexual experiences, and then also how I've seen the world in terms of, you know, sex in general, is that there's an opportunity to really shift the paradigm 
and really leverage sex in a way that's dynamic, that's, you know, vital for uh, life, vital for empowering yourself and empowering like the world around you. So um, the, the, the title Tantras is just my creative spin. Um, you know, for those who are familiar with the Tantra world, uh, synonyms to this would be something of the likes of a Dakini or Tantrika, which is, you know, the industry terms for someone who, um, who identifies as feminine or a female archetype who teaches the art of sacred sex, which I was referring to as, you know, spiritual meditation. Uh, and where the sex magician comes in, again, it is like another creative play, which, by the way, you know, I love being on the other side of the fence because I just have this full, you know, playground to create the world um, in the way that I've always wanted to create it, including like how I identify, you know, with myself. So uh, where does the sex magician come into place? Well, you know, when I was figuring out, OK, well, now that I know that this is a part of my path, like how do I communicate what this is? And I was finding that as I was traveling around the world last year, I was just curious. And I said, Hey, do you know what Tantra is? And people would look at me with like a deer in the headlights. Like, but people definitely knew what sex was. I'm like, okay, I've got to start there. And where the magician aspect comes from is more of just uh, a frequency of something that I believe in as a core value. And I thought, okay, like maybe there's something here in combining, you know, the words together. So um, Osho, who's a spiritual master who has, I guess you could consider him like an, uh, a more recent expert in, you know, the translation of ancient Tantra, he considered Tantra to be the transformation of sex into love through awareness. So that's really cool. <laughs> but, you know, if I were communicating this out, like, how could I just like, like get it down to something really you know, and fun that speaks to my personality and thought, why not? That that seems like magic to me. Mm -hmm. Magic is alchemy. It's mm -hmm. transformation. And I thought, okay, like this works. And so when I think about the world I just came from, which is corporate, you know, startup, you know, it, this is to the liking of, you know, you'd have this corporate title, which I guess we could say is the sex magician. So like people have a some semblance of like, okay, I think I understand what this girl is doing. And the Tantras would be like my functional title. Like this is what I'm doing day in and day out. And if you're in the, in the, you know, company or, you know, in the culture, or in my case, what I call, you know, my community is called the Be Love Crew. They're like, oh yeah, we know what she is. She's, you know, this, this goddess who's teaching the sacred, um, sacred sex. So last little bit, and then I'll do a pause. I'm sure you have some more questions, but um, an urban shaman is, is not, my term it's was coined by a, a doctor Serge um, Lee King who uh, I really respect and he has spent decades researching Hawaiian mysticism and the world of healing and so he came up with this term and if I could simplify it especially from his eyes and which I agree with is a shaman at the, in its most basic sense is a healer and the urban is just what you think. He feels that healing is most needed in urban areas. And to go even a layer deeper is collectively, he considers an urban shaman someone who is in right relationship with themselves, mind, body, spirit, and therefore 
is creating um, the right relationship with everything outside of themselves and their environment in relationship to others, um, you know, to mother nature, for example, leveraging all the tools that um, have made them, you know, who they are. So collectively, <laughs> this Tantra, sex, medicine, urban shaman is like, that's me in a nutshell. And it's really nice um, to have fun with playing with uh, this new identity that I have that very much resonates with my soul. And Mahi, when I heard those words, it resonated with me. However, it would be great to hear from you for our audience more about the why. Meeting because for those, uh, your audience is doesn't know you yet. So mm -hmm. the natural question that may pop up is, how do you go from high-performing, incredible rock star in the corporate world to spiritual healing, being a shaman, tantra, etc. I mean, my the first question that came to my mind, and I'm thinking in terms of the audience, is why? And where have you been? And what have you gone through, especially, that would attract you? to this fascinating yet vastly different type of role. Yeah, I yeah, thank you. I, I it's it's completely fair. I've really have done this complete, you know, 180 and went really way over to the, you know, other side. And the other side is, you know, I went I've gone, you know, semi deep into the spiritual world and and truthfully the the easy answer is just I was just so frustrated with my, you know, experience, my, you know, 17 years and, you know, promoting every two years from one, you know, amazing job title to the next and, and trust. Like I definitely in many times felt like a rock star. Uh, you know, I was playing out this manifestation I had in college where it's like I was in the business suit and I had, you know, the really clean cut um you know hair and you know the high heels and um and yeah so it's like I was really fulfilling uh, a role and I think that's just the key word is I was fulfilling an aspect of myself that I don't feel was really truly myself mm -hmm. I was playing out I was performing to what my ego wanted and, you know, my ego was doing it because it was it had this just really um, seductive desire to feed a part of me that um, had really not met myself, which was love. I didn't I didn't know what it really was. Um, I definitely um, didn't grow up in a in an environment in which I received what I needed to do what I feel like I'm, I'm doing now, you know, but I will say at the same token, um, you know, I'm grateful for this ego parade that I went on in, uh, in my corporate life. So, and, and in the, in the startup world. So with that said, you know, elaborate a little bit more, I mean, and I'm sure we can go down a, a rabbit hole a little bit, but, you know, because of some of the trauma that I experienced when, you know, I was young, there was a natural propensity for me to, 
uh, want to seek validation outside of myself and to show the world that I was worthy as a human being. Um, that, you know, all the things that you've mentioned, the beautiful, you know, intro, I didn't see myself that way. Uh, that, that was this dark part of me that felt really unfulfilled. And, you know, so, you know, with that said, it's like, gosh, when I went to college, it was like, okay, let me figure out what I need to be so that I can achieve, you know, this, this, pers- uh, uh, this role or this identity to make me feel like really awesome. Hence like the suit, the corner office, all the things. And I was going about it um, because of more like materialism and, you know, wanting to feel like seen in a certain way and valued, right? So basically, we're just existing without any heart. And and for me, like when I think about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I that like it was a gut wrenching time for me. Like I was really uh, like seduced by money, um, you know, fancy apartments and lifestyle. And to me now, I think back, I'm like, oh, those are terrible lies. Like, that's not, you know, they, they, you know, but it's what I knew at the time, you know, it was sexy, you know, this type of vision I had for myself was, you know, in magazines and, you know, in, in media and even in my, my own, you know, peer group. So I just thought, okay, like, this is, this is what I've got to do. And, and I think there was, you know, looking back a deeper, um, uh, like subconscious why is that, you know, I wanted to very much escape um, aspects of my upbringing. And I wanted to create the exact opposite of, of how I, you know, grew up. So I wanted a lot of money, you know, I wanted, you know, the great husband, and I wanted the fancy cars and all of the external stuff that, you know, doesn't mean any, like, that doesn't hold the kind of, um, um, like true, you know, security, inner confidence, um, you know, love that I was really, you know, looking for. So, and look, this, this whole diatribe went on for, you know, not just in corporate America, but, you know, in, in startups and, and I just wasn't conscious like at all. I just kept getting worse, but on the outside, you would think I was, I was getting better. So it was this like, interesting um, uh, dichotomy that was happening, a trajectory that was happening. So I was suffering, you know, quite a bit, um, experiencing, you know, deep, deep pain and internal battles that I very much kept to myself. You know, I didn't really let any of my friends in, um, you know, because I wanted to keep up with this image. Mm -hmm. I certainly didn't do it with my family because in my family, I was in a lot of ways, both the matriarch and the patriarch, right? So I needed to, to be this like strong woman that had it together. That was perfect because I needed to ground that. Like I'm, you know, in a lot of ways, I was supporting my family um, financially, you know, emotionally and all of those things, right? So it's like, I didn't even want to see them crack because our, our family dynamic was so, you know, fragile. Uh, and even when, and, and, you know, I was married so much of this, I didn't, I didn't even realize 
<laughs> like the poor guy was just like experiencing like another version of me that, you know, really wasn't the the real me, but a robotic me mm-hmm. that had learned some really hardcore coping mechanisms, you know, growing up. And so I literally was just in these like loops over time, like performing to, you know, society's ideas of success um, and also like a tremendous byproduct of, um, you know, um, of again, you know, work experiences I was having, yada, yada. So you can imagine now my why is like the exact opposite. Like, gosh, I want to live a life that's heartfelt. I want to live a life that's of great meaning and that's of a higher purpose, right? That's meant to be of service, not just for myself, you know, but in a, in a way that's serving the world with real love, like real unconditional love, not, you know, from a person that's, you know, wounded and, you know, I damaged or whatever it is. So, um, my heat, do you feel comfortable elaborating on to help our audience understand? Cause it sounds like we have quite a bit of unpacking to do with that. Yes, we do. Do you feel comfortable sharing maybe how dichotomy there was between the per- the external image mm-hmm. and is what you were suffering with internally, those internal struggles and where that came from? Because I know from my experience with you when we were in corporate America, you were a warrior. And <laughs> Thank you it was so polished so high performing but something intuitively told me obviously I didn't know then what I know now there's more going on oh yeah I had become uh, this is just uh for me a, a, a uh what's the word that I'm thinking of um validation of just how uh, great I was at mm-hmm. performing to how I wanted people to see me. And I don't mm-hmm. want to discredit myself there. Look, there's a huge part of me that's like, yeah, that is me. Right. I, I, I do identify with myself as a rock star. You know, I've learned some great skills along the way that I very much felt like, okay, yes, that is an aspect of me. Um, but the, I think it just goes back to what you said. It was just like, what was driving it? You know, what was the, you know, ambition behind it. And, you know, and that's what I think is that that dark stuff, right? It's that, um, you know, power, greed, control circuit that, um, you know, so much of our world functions on. It's like, that's the system. That's the matrix. And I've, you know, I've been in it. And, you know, and to go, you know, straight into, you know, what were the internal battles, you know, at the time, I didn't even know that I think I use the word subconscious, like I didn't even know that I had them, uh, but they were very much playing out. Um, and, and what those were, were deep, deep childhood trauma. So when I was young, um, I grew up with a single mom for the, for the most part, she had experienced um, some trauma very similar to mine. Um, I was sexually abused. Uh, physically abused and verbally abused by my uncles and my grandfather. And, you know, one uncle in particular went as far as raping me. And as if that's not already like a holy shit, (laughs) like, 
let's pause. <clears throat> even I still have to like take a breath, even though I've done a tremendous amount of healing work in that that place so I can say this mm -hmm. in this way. Um, paired with, you know, a dad that left, you know, my biological father didn't want anything to do with me, essentially. Uh, and he was he was clear about it well before I was born. So even as I'm forming, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, rejection, I'm feeling abandonment, you know, right from the get go. So it was like right after I'm born, you know, I don't, I don't have that father figure. So, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't anything as a child that I didn't experience. I had both, you know, mother wounding who had gone through similar experiences within the uh, a very, um, you know, disgusting and, and ugly and tragic family, you know, dynamic. So she couldn't be there emotionally. She didn't even know that this was happening, by the way. This was all happening behind closed doors. You know, she's out working. I have multiple people taking care of me. And, uh, you know, and I'm as a child, I don't know what's right, wrong, right? Like, I'm still figuring out who do I, I'm, I'm still learning how to trust and, and what's normal or not. Um, and thank God for my inner child for blocking it out, for numbing it out and starting to create a new reality for myself um, that I, I even remember back then calling it my wonderland. Mm -hmm. I literally would have to create this. Even now, I just remember her like creating this like bubble distancing, like what is going on in this outer world? And then I don't have, you know, a, a father figure to really anchor. I did end up having a stepfather, you know, come in, but he was like new to the relationship. He's like, I'm like, who's this new kid off block trying to play this, play this role? Like I'm already, this is already like so much for me to handle. Right. So I felt very alone as a child um, and didn't have any, any healthy, you know, outlets at all. I think my only saving grace is, you know, my, my creativity, I would color a lot. And that was part of, you know, my escapism. And, you know, but all that to say, I ended up, even as a child, like growing up way too soon, even when I tried to, you know, share my truth to um, someone who was taking care of me, they didn't believe it. They shot me down. So then I learned very quickly, like, oh, what am I if what am I experiencing? It just might be normal. Um, and even if I do think it's weird and, and awkward, like no one believes me. So what's the point in even, you know, speaking up? So, I mean, this is just like Jesus, like classic, like textbook psychology, like, you know, 101. I mean, I'm uh, like abandonment, you know, rejection. No wonder I didn't have a sense of self-worth. No wonder over the years, um, you know, I didn't have, you know, strong boundaries, you know, no wonder that over the years that, um, you know, I would experience, you know, sexual assault. Um, no wonder that, you know, once I got into some of my professionalism, other than, you know, the parts of me that seemed button up, that I would experience, um, you know, female bosses who would bully me, who would harass me. And, uh, and what's tragic about the whole thing is like that was comforting because that's what I knew. Growing up, the very people who were supposed to love me, now I'm correlating that with love. So as I'm getting older, 
uh, and the, and some of this stuff is like coming at me, um, you know, I don't see it as, you know, bullying or, you know, rejection. And, and again, the slew of, you know, this mishmash of all this stuff that I experienced as a child, you know, getting it sprinkled from, you know, colleagues or bosses or even direct reports, my body and, and, and how I was operating was like, oh, this is normal. This is what you're you're used to. So the ways in which I would cope as a child were, you know, it was like creative outburst. Um, my creative outburst was like, I'm going to be a great businesswoman. That's my creation. I'm going to perform this really amazing role. Like I'm going to go and act this. And that to me was creative. So do you see somewhat of that? This really my the 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 ick that I experienced um, ended up looping and I was experiencing over and over again. And I was just meeting it with just, gosh, at a more elaborate, creative solutions. Right. So maybe when I was little, it was just, you know, bubble of wonderland. And then as I got older, um, those were far more like ornate at that time. So again, it was a lot to throw at you and I kind of went over it so quick, like if it was like breathing, again, this is a testament to the healing, but you know, I'm again, very comfortable to go down anything um, that you're curious about. Well, Mahi, first, I mean, the amount of courage is truly incredible and inspiring. I can't tell you how it hurt to hear that you have gone through that. For purposes of our live here tonight, I think the beautiful aspect is you're a beautiful person inside and out, and you have clearly come through the other side. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here to focus on. And, you know, I'm certainly no expert in the field, but it's it sounds to me like there were some trauma bonds. Absolutely. Yeah, they were. I think that's a great, uh, you know, way to describe it is that, you know, I was trauma bonding personally and professionally throughout my entire career. And, you know, I didn't know it. I, I just did not have the consciousness because my ego was just having at it. Right. It was just perpetuating, you know, these cycles and the trauma bonding was happening in the form of, again, bosses colleagues, people reporting into me and personally in, um, you know, sexual situations where I was violated um, and God, and I, in the eerie thing about all of it is, you know, some of those men even looked like my uncles. I mean, we're, I mean, this is just how gross it gets. Right. But I'm just so unaware. I'm thinking, you know, this is normal in a job or this is normal in a in a social setting because that's what I thought was normal when I was was young and, and I and what I find is so completely fascinating is that here I am and you know I and I've been in uh, in HR that that's the, the the large part of the industry that I was working in for 17 years where I'm teaching this stuff I'm teaching anti-harassment I'm teaching you know, to company cultures, how to be seen, validated and heard and how to speak up and 
reach out to emergency lines, right? If you, if you ever are experiencing anything like this in, in the workplace, yet it was happening to me. So when it came to me, I didn't know how to take care of myself mm-hmm. at all. So that's um, something that I, I definitely agree were part of my hidden um, yeah, like battles that I was having. Because I didn't want anyone to think like, oh, Mahi, she's got issues. She right. has problems. I wanted to conceal that because it didn't fit in, the, again, the image that I wanted to portray. So I had become, um, you know, very masterful and even, you know, social settings, not just in professional settings. You know, I asked you a lot of questions mm-hmm. and I did that on purpose because everyone loves talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. It was my defense mechanism. So you never asked questions about me. Um, so again, just <laughs> more of the um, you know, coping mechanisms that I'd learned. Um, and, and truthfully, I was in survival mode this, you know, this whole time. And I, gosh, I think about this all the time is I just don't, one, sometimes I wonder like, how am I alive? Truthfully, when I think about how brutal it was, you know, growing up and then, um, and two, just, <laughs> I don't even know how I was capable to perform at that, at some of the highest levels that I did with all of that, you know, mm-hmm. underneath. So and, yeah, definitely there's that dichotomy, right? Like how in the hell do you do that? And I figured it out. I somehow tried, tried, attempted is the better word. I I, I was a witness to that, Mahi. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw you performing at an incredible level and, you know, D myself, I mean, let's face it. We're no strangers to the good, the bad, and the ugly in corporate. And, you know, actually, we all have to play the game. Yeah. But somehow I knew intuitively um, the last time we saw ourselves together in that corporate environment. You know, I so much wanted to be there to support you because at that time, I didn't feel as though we were getting the support you needed. Yeah. And that's Right. Was. And similar with Dee, when Dee and I worked together in a former life in corporate America, you know, we we were very bonding as well, supporting each other and, you know, intuitively helping each other in addition to our professional roles. Would you agree, Dee? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I I was... As you were speaking, I was thinking about a very specific situation I had at the um, in the very large corporate environment that Elle and I used to work in. Um, after applying to this very prestigious mentoring program within the organization, I was paired up with a very, very senior executive within the company. And, you know, just in bonding with her and it was a, it was a it was another female which was great and i was like wow this is wonderful i not only am i in this program but i i have a female role model that i could look up to which is ideal right so in the course of our getting to know one another we had to do many of these you know 
work kind of quote unquote tests, kind of what kind of a leader would I be? And really, they were asking questions about your work life, about your professional life. And basically what it came out was I was actually being a different kind of person in the corporate world than I was in my personal life. And so that I had a really hard time resolving that reference because as I was sitting there just listening to you speak and I'm like, oh, my God, I see versions of myself in that. And L, I don't know. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, on a personal level, I'm very proud to say that's where why the three of us have clicked Mm -hmm. personal and a professional basis, because sometimes you can sense what's going on beyond the outer display. You may not verbalize it. You may not know the details, but somehow intuitively know you're clicking person more more than just on a professional level. And it's hard for me to describe perhaps as female intuition or, you know, just a sense you get in general. But my, I, you know, your courage speaks value. And I know, I know in my heart of hearts, you're not alone in some of your challenges have been. And, you know, we go through our lives, you know, perhaps on a superficial level. And for me personally, the why is so important professionally and personally. And this just goes to show you just don't know what someone holistic is going through and yeah. it's so much than you know the appearance on the outside and Mahi maybe help us understand what were, what were some of those coping mechanisms meaning sometimes people have out you know they play sports they like to go out and part you know <laughs> they perhaps maybe um you know out there hobbies or things that might not necessarily be healthy for us in the end. What what were some of your coping mechanisms? Oh, I had so many (laughs) that I, you know, no longer uh, as fond of anymore, but um, man, was I on a merry-go-round of, you know, craft cocktails and alcohol. Um, I was definitely a party girl. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fun day, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have considered myself very, you know, hypersexual. So like literally like banging it out. Um, so I, I identified with that, um, you know, and, and, and a whole slew of just eating and sugar, um, you know, wanting the best of everything. Um needing to experience something new all the time as a form of escapism forget I mean travel sure um but I I needed something new to satiate like you know this this hunger like it's I'm not getting enough I need more it wasn't just more in in the job I needed so much more you know outside of myself um and I and I feel like that's a, a big bulk of it. And I was, oh, I was on rinse and repeat, um, 
you know, you know, socially. So, and like, look, you know, not all of it was all like, you know, uh, darkness all the time. There were times when I really just was authentically having fun and mm-hmm. I've met some great people who I consider still friends today that, you know, have been a part of that journey. But again, there was just no intention there. Like it was just like, <laughs> there wasn't a, um, there wasn't a consciousness that was, you know, existing, right? You know, I was parting to get drunk to balance out, right? It's like covering up, um, you know, that any kind of pain or or whatever it is that I was trying to to block and not experience. Whatever I could do to not feel, that's what I would do. Um, so that that were my those were my I guess my outlets or, or coping mechanisms that I considered to be you know really unhealthy and did that for a long time. So, but, but it did all change. I promise it did. <laughs> Without a doubt, Mahi, we yeah. can feel it. We can see it, you know, in how interacting today, but maybe from the point of view of the audience, mm-hmm. you know, you, I myself know you can stuff your feelings only so far in so long before, you know, you have the so-called volcanic eruption. Mm-hmm. Help us understand what was your moment of truth. Some may call it the dark night of the soul. Some may call it your bottom. It doesn't have to be a messy, you know, you, you were staggering drunk somewhere. It could have been just like highly emotional. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I can't stop my feelings. I'm in too much pain. I have to fix it or I'm not going to be able to, you know, carry on the heavy burden of emotional struggle. Can you help us a little? Yeah, you know, I, um, you know, a a really key turning point for me um, happened, you know, right at the start of of COVID when things slowed down. That was, (laughs) thank you, Mother Nature, is how I look at it for slowing me down to force me to, to be with myself. Um, and, you know, at the time I was like, wow, now the world's a lot more quiet. I can actually literally listen to myself. You know, I, I live in, in LA, a major city and, you know, it's hard not to, to hear a million different things. And so, you know, when it, when it literally got quiet, I thought, wow, like I'm actually hearing my own voice. I can hear my, my own heartbeat. And, uh, at that time, I um, had discovered, you know, shamanism. Scroll on on Instagram, saw this like symbol that ended up being the logo for this um, sacred women's school, and I started to begin, I guess, formal studying into esotericism and mysticism, something that I was always intrigued by when I was a child, and I started to deepen some of the spiritual practices that I already you know, had overall. And it was through some of the, um, you know, experiences that I was having at home that like popcorn or spontaneous combustion, just all these like revelations were like popping up about, you know, my, you know, my life leading up into that moment. I also Mm -hmm. in a really deep meditative practice, meaning I was meditating for hours. This wasn't like a cute, five, 10 minutes. I mean, I was going into you know, deep internal solitude for quite some time that 
I started to have visions of um, my past. I started to hear things. It's, it's like my body was coming alive. It was like truth was coming out in me that I hadn't experienced. And sometimes I would have to like get out of out of what I was experiencing internally because like this can't be true. Like I'm like, what is going on? Like what what are these feelings? And they didn't feel good. What I was seeing didn't didn't look like the kind of movie I'm in, or the soundtrack that I've been used to playing like in my head, right? So like it wasn't any one particular thing. I think it was just a, a series of um, really solitude, quiet time during COVID that triggered, that was the volcano for me. And simultaneously, as that was happening, as it's like unearthing of all my stuff. So even when I was alluding to my trauma, I didn't know that when I, <laughs> when I was in the bulk of my career, which is like mm-hmm. about 14 years of it, I was still mm-hmm. very blind to it. I didn't come to this realization until I got quiet, essentially. And then interestingly enough, as I was like unearthing what was, you know, in my subconscious, then my outer world started to reflect that those same patterns and looping that I was experiencing in one other job in, you know, one other personal experience was playing out again. And for me, that was a kind of like my aha moment Mm -hmm. versus a frustration because I'm like, oh, I know what this is. What? what am I going to do differently? Like, I don't want to repeat this. And so mm-hmm. that was a huge, um, you know, turning point for me to then cultivate every, every bit of contemplation and what I would have done differently. And then finally got to stand up for myself, finally mm-hmm. got to speak my truth, the best of my ability to you know, leave something that was no longer serving me that was no longer in alignment with, you know, who I was at the time and where I felt like I was, um, you know, was going. So um, I consider it kind of my, my, you know, turnkey into my spiritual awakening at that, mm-hmm. at that point. Mahi, do you want to elaborate? If, if you don't feel comfortable, that's cool too. Do you want to elaborate maybe some examples of the repeated patterns that were mimicking themselves professionally as well as personally, where at some point, perhaps during COVID, you said, wow, I, I want to step in and I want to intercept this. And I yeah. wanted to. Yeah, it's like classic. <laughs> and I mean, you know, and I want to be careful because, you know, the experience that I'm alluding to, I'm, I come at this also with, you know, I'm very grateful for it. Um, and anyone that I might have experienced this with, you know, if I saw them on the street, I'd give them like a hug, maybe even like an additional double fist pump, you know. <laughs> so uh, and I don't want to come from like a, a victim mentality at all. But, you know, I was experiencing like classic betrayal, classic jealousy um, from the female kind. Um, you know, there there was this, um, you know, kind of playground attitude where you're going to be on my team or not <laughs> you know and I need to be careful um you know overall but the all maybe the better way to say it is you know when I was a kid mm-hmm. how I was treated in terms of um, um um you know by my own family members that was being repeated again 
um, in, in a in a different context. So I thought, okay, we're not time out. We're not we're not doing that again, right? And so, you know, I you know reached out to my support system. I asked for help personally and professionally. Um, you know, I had already been in therapy for quite some time, so it was like leveraging. Um, you know, some of the skills there and, you know, really facing my inner demons once and once and for all. So, you know, in my past, I had been fired from a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I had um, basically was spit out of, a, you know, kicked out of a, a, you know, a startup. And this time, because I had I, I knew better that I got to leave on my terms. You know, so I finally learned my lesson and um, yeah, and, and I'm grateful for it. If I, because I, now I'm doing what I'm meant to do on this earth, um, mm-hmm. and fulfilling a, a soul's mission. And had I not, um, yeah, had I not had the time to really look inward and be with what I needed to, and and learn what I needed to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I, I, I'm, I trust I would have continued to go through the same circuit, just at a higher level. I'd perform at a higher level, I get to the next job and so forth and so on. So I'm glad that that is done. Would you say that your last corporate experience was perhaps the straw that broke the camel's back, as well as the time to self-reflect during COVID to say, hey, I'm thinking about this. I'm reflecting on myself more. I'm feeling my feelings. I'm kind of taking inventory personally and professionally where I want to go. Was that what was occurring or? Oh yeah, that was, that broke the camel's back. And again, I I mean, if there was a point of frustration, I guess there was that where I was like, oh, like, here we go again. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, it, it is frustrating. Right. And in part, because I really thought that what I was doing at the time, um, it, I really thought like I was like being married, you know, like, oh, this is my forever person. (laughs) But I was experiencing another divorce. I thought, no. (laughs) But again, I think this is the the divorce that, um, you know, I felt, you know, what was on my terms. And, um, you know, I, again, was the most significant, one of the most significant turning points for me doing like what I'm doing now. No doubt. So, I mean, it's me like the example of taking lemons and making lemonade out of them and facing once again your courage your belief in yourself and your hope and your willingness to work on yourself personally and professionally and really fit some really not nice stuff you know personally and professionally and you know d and i you know, we commiserate on our trials and tribulations. And what I'm hearing is support system is so key. Do you yeah. feel for for where you are now and when you reflect back on your journey, Mahi? Because Dee and I would love to hear about, and I don't want to speak for you, Dee, but, you know, on behalf of the audience, help us understand what your support mechanism looked like where it really um, helped you out and perhaps where it fell short. Yeah, I mean, uh, even though I can talk, you know, 
coolly and confidently about it. I mean, no joke. I was peeing myself, <laughs> even though I'd gone through this, this, you know, rodeo before. Um, I, I don't know what I would have done without the, the support. They gave me the additional courage. Right. Um, and it, it, it's interesting. It's still instrumental for me now, you know, as I'm, really in the in the unknown doing things I have never done before I mean I, I'm almost to the point in my life where I'm looking back and even at myself even at my body I mean I lost almost close to 50 pounds um yeah I had severe anxiety I was picking at my face um you know so I had just like a lot of you know blemishes that I was like you know hiding and now I have you know like beautiful skin so the exterior you know was all cleaned up but you know, internally, you know, my goodness, I just had so much, um, uh, gosh, I don't know what the right word would be, but just blockages, mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, icky energy, like seeping out of me. And so, you know, having my support system to help me get through this experience mm -hmm. and the way that I did help, that was a healing process. That was part of it, right? Because I didn't grow up with that. So that was also just the idea of having, um, you know, friends who I could confide in that I, you know, trusted that could guide me was really a, a, a newer experience for me because I'm used to playing that role, you know, for other people. So I finally allowed myself to receive support um, and then also be vulnerable. Remember, part of my story is like, I didn't want to tell anybody about what was going on because I was so ashamed. And you know, like, oh, that, that, that's an old, that's an old talk track that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, the human condition is meant to connect, to support one another. We can't survive without one another. So it took me a while, but it, again, like, I don't know what I would have done without having, you know, my, my home girls <laughs> and my family, you know, to support me um, during that big transition. Cause you have to remember, it was like, I was at the heart of COVID you know, and unemployment was at 15%. It was as bad as the Great Depression. It was double what it was in the housing crisis in 2008. So it wasn't like an opportune time. No one was wanting to leave their job if they they had one. Right. But I just knew that this was the support wasn't just also in the physical form. So I want to be clear there now that I had a deeper spiritual connection. I felt very strong about um you know, I, I felt like, oh, I have this spiritual posse, guardian angels, you know, spirit guides, a higher power now that's leading this other than my soul. So I thought, mm -hmm. hey, like, F it. Like, I don't really have literally anything to lose. And I knew that this was like, this was done. Like, this chapter is completely over. And I also had financial support. Like, I had a nice nest egg. I was really lucky in that regard that. I could go off and just see what was out there, throw myself out into the, you know, unknown again. So I think a lot of the, the there was a lot of support, like in general, um, other than, you know, my, my own faith that I knew that, hey, I'd done this so many times before, I can do it again. And the why is different, <laughs> my, the exterior is different, my internal space is different, like I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready for whatever, you know, needs to happen. And I remember getting on my hands and knees in my house and literally I had 
been distanced myself from God. Like I, yeah, I had a spiritual practice or whatnot, but I literally got down on my hands and knees and prayed and said, this can't be my life. This, this can't be true. Help me fix it. Help, help guide me and change me and do whatever needs to happen so that, um, you know, I don't have to go through all this again. And that's where all the magic happened. And I think you hit on such an important point just now. I know for myself, a lot of times asking for help, whether it be through physical support system or the universe or whatever it is that you believe in, that's a huge step. Because yeah. I think the challenge, especially for female leaders, do it all, be it all, you know, new place for everybody else to come to for help. But I mean, what we or discussion around is where do we go when the gas tank is empty? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, gee, I mean, I admire her to the fullest. You know, when she and I used to go to meet for lunch in the day after her world went to and from, you know, across the nation, it doesn't matter where to. <laughs> My heart went out to her, you know, trying to raise her family, you know, be super mom, super woman, et cetera, et cetera. It's not easy. I mean, where do you go when your gas tank is empty? And, you know, superficial support, you know, the mentoring mentee in corporate America, it's all great and finding well, but when you get to real raw human experience, where do you go? And, you know, amazing that you pursued the professional avenue you know your homegirls your inner circle but maybe what you can share with dni and our audience a little bit more about i found it fascinating when you and i chatted over the phone is what special healing or what did you typically from tulum and mexico and pursuing those different uh, modalities of spiritual guidance or wisdom or healing or however you want to frame it. Yeah, it was a slew of things. Um, yeah, and I I was grateful to have that trip, by the way, very serendipitous on a side note. I was supposed to go there for um, art and music um, and I love it there. It's one of my favorite places in the world and because of COVID, they canceled um, this particular event and they mm-hmm. moved it to later on the year. So they were pretty ballsy to do it, to be honest, because people still weren't traveling. So I was really surprised, but I thought, you know, like being gangbusters, I was out piecing out. I can't wait to go to, you know, one of my favorite, you know, spiritual places that's, you know, known for healing and um, to do all the things that I love. And I had no idea, by the way, that I was going to be going there. Um, <laughs> to experience all that I experienced. You know, I thought, oh, I'm going to see some art. I'm, you know, going to listen to some music. And, you know, I did plan, um, you know, a women's retreat there, but I didn't necessarily look at it as healing. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to lay out in this really amazing natural biosphere and I'm going to turn into this goddess. <laughs> That's how I was, you know, reading it. Um, or I was, you know, feeling into it. And, you know, a lot of of my healing happened um, just by sheer being in nature, to be honest, nothing super fancy. I think it was just getting to a place of, um, you know, slowing down. 
that really allowed, again, that quiet space to nurture me in a different way. So, you know, the water there, I find like really healing. So, and and I'm like butt naked (laughs) swimming and, you know, really feeling this like liberated part of me. Right. Um, You know, I hadn't felt my body in a long time because the trauma that I was experiencing. So I think it just like the liberation of not being fully clothed and being in, you know, in the water in that way, I think was, you know, such a small thing, Um, but, but profound in terms of just what my, my body needed Um, dancing. um, There there is a certain like format of, of dancing that, you know, I was experiencing, you know, with these women that helped literally shake out trauma within your body. And there's a succession of like five different moves that you do um, that really unearth, um, you know, blockages that you're having, et cetera, et cetera. So again, something very simple, but very, like very profound, right? Um, I had shifted, you know, the way that I was eating. I mean, that was a healing modality. I wasn't as conscious of how I was feeding myself. So I'd moved to you know, Ayurvedic eating for a whole week. And I lost like almost 15 pounds in one week. Um, and a lot of that was like spiritual weight. I had done um, um, a Temescal um, ceremony um, where you're going into this like hot cocoon, if you will. And you know, yeah, they brought a shaman in and, you know, she is, you know, using this environment and the energy that we're cultivating to again, continue to excavate. Like that's the theme. All of this is, really about shaking out, um, you know, rediscovering, being in tune with my body. And when you, when you do that, all the things that I was experiencing privately in my home, I'm just seeing more of it. Now more of those visions that the truth is coming out even more. I was introduced to Kundalini yoga, which is a part of my daily practice now that I had never done. Uh, again, just <laughs> more excavation was happening. I was introduced to breath work mm-hmm. and specialized techniques and then also uh, Tantra and, and Tantra had been a part of my path, you know, for a long time, but I'd gone, you know, a lot deeper on it on this particular uh, trip. And then a little bit afterwards, and it didn't stop in, in Tulum, by the way. So, you know, once I got home, you know, I had worked with a spiritual teacher who, um, you know, taught me different forms of meditation. She had taught me a healing method, a methodology called JSJ, where, you know, you're, you are pressing on certain points of your your fingers to regulate your um you know your emotions and then um you know and then i was in a lot kind of um i don't know how i would describe it um then i was seeking other therapeutic treatment i was doing um ketamine therapy which was really hardcore for like six weeks straight so i was doing all the things i decided if i was going to finally you know, heal, I was going to use every outlet possible. And, and again, these things really fell in my lap. It was part of experiences and it realized they would become, you know, modalities that I would then, you know, leverage, um, in my one-on-one coaching experiences, um, with the work that I do now. Um, and there's so much more on top of that, by the way, mm-hmm. um, most notably, I think the only other one I'll, I'll mention for now is called emotional freedom tapping, which, um, is a form of healing where you know you are touching your body and reactivating like nerves and wisdom Uh, but bottom line i think you get it like the consortium of all of those things is like reconnecting you with yourself healing the inner parts of yourself that 
you know, my case, what was my trauma? Um, but I, I definitely give Tantra the what I consider the cherry pop because yes. most of my trauma was sexual, you know, based, but it really took the whole buffet of healing to really unlock, you know, where I'm at today, which, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> so I do, do you believe in the mind, body, soul connection and um, whatever is out of calibration in the mind, the body, or the soul takes multiple healing modes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a, a healing journey per person is so unique. Um, you know, it's hard to say if if you need a washover of a couple of things. I know for me, I did. <laughs> this wasn't like a one-hit wonder. Everything that I mentioned to you has been a part of my practice for gosh, um, in some shape or form for the last two years and more intensely in the last about a year or a half or so. So I think it just depends on, you know, the depth of your trauma. And and the only way that, you know, if you've healed it is you go, you know, you go out in the world and you experience life and you, you know, you see, you know, what 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 is it that, um, you know, gets you out of your center? And then, you know, like, OK, where do I go back to that healing modality that worked the last time? and go deeper into that. So, yeah. Maggie, looking back, you know, hindsight is always 2020. And I know you and I share the belief that there's no such thing as coincidences. Right. If you could go younger self, either childhood, high school, early career, and for anybody in the audience that may be suffering trauma, you know, from the past, the present, or hopefully not in their future. What are some words of wisdom if someone wants to begin their healing journey like you have? And personal is very well interconnected with a professional. What would you have told your younger self or somebody in the audience that maybe stuffing this down is very confused, maybe struggling, but has no clue how to tap into some of the healing work? that you've done? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I have a lot to say on this, so um, I'll have to be careful that I don't like, go into like, this book-worthy you know, version of this. Um, you know, I wish I had someone when I was you know, experiencing some of my darker moments and I didn't know that I was going through it is to really just stop and be still and to be with myself. As you know, everything, I was distracting myself in every single way. And I had all the wisdom within me. Anything that I've, you know, done has come from the silence within my soul, within my heart. All of it has been here the whole time. And from that place, I either discovered aspects of myself or, you know, I would be inspired to do something. And that has been, you know, the path. There, There's no healer that outs you are your own healer. There's no one outside of you that is really going to do the work for you. You really have all the tools. Yeah, or of course, what I say, ask for help. Absolutely. Don't be shy. I can't begin to tell you how much of that, how that has been a significant learning lesson. And I wish I, you know, got past how I saw myself to really raise my hand and say, you know, I needed help because I know that I would have gotten it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's being vulnerable enough to say like, Hey, I, I need that. Um, so it's getting past yourself, <laughs> I guess. I, so I wish someone would have, would have offered that and, um, and get out of your head, get out of the stories. You know, you, you likely have a support system and if not, you know, do whatever that, whatever support means to you in that way. Maybe it's, you know, cultivating your spiritual practice or reigniting your relationship with your higher power. Maybe it's reestablishing a relationship with, you know, a friend or family member. Like it's going to be so important because you're, you're going to go further, you know, together, right. Mm -hmm. Than you, than you would alone. So I I think that those are the, the key points is to really be still ask for help and to cultivate or find, you know, your support system. And then I think the last thing is just have the courage to, you know, keep going and to know that you, uh, to trust yourself that you, you can do it. And you have certainly, I mean, your testimony today, you're sharing your strength, hope and experience, and you've done a job explaining the why where you've been how you got to where you are what I'd love to focus on now is now that the audience knows more about you and can connect the dots a little bit better do you know I want to hear in your excitement of what you're doing now in your new your upcoming seminar your different offerings that you want to share with the world and how, you know, tactically speaking, you're on a mission to help humanity. And that is truly amazing. <laughs> Share with us what's going on, like where you are, um, what this seminar is about, how you want to culminate all your experiences into sharing your strength, hope and experience with your whole audience. Yeah, absolutely. I, gosh, I mean, in its simplest fashion, I don't want women to go through what I went through, right? Like I want to catch it and help women curtail, um, you know, their trauma, their experiences and not have to go through what I had to go through, you know, for years. Right. So, um, so that's it in a, in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. like the the bigger picture is I want to empower women. I want to empower women into, um, identifying that internal power that they have with themselves and to embrace um, that inner wisdom, which is their spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I want to go a step further and, and, and do it in the, the context of sex, right? Because it was so profound for my own healing, particularly Tantra, I want to do it in a sexy way, right? A lot of the, the women that I work with today and who are, who are in my market, they've done a lot of things. You know, they've tried a lot of things and it's either not working or they don't want to go down the conventional path of of therapy. Um, So, you know, when they hear about, oh, my gosh, like I can, you know, attract love in my life. I can be fulfilled. I can generate wealth. I can be liberated and whatever that means to me. And I can do it through sacred sex. I mean, that's really interesting for, for people. Right. Um, so that's what I'm really excited about. I'm excited to bring, you know, my wisdom of something very sacred and ancient, uh, not just as a healing modality, but again, to empower women, um, you know, to be 
whatever it is that they are meant to become, right? Not playing out or performing out to, you know, societal norms or, or maybe as a byproduct of their upbringing, right? So um, I, that's the mission that I'm on. And, you know, and ultimately the, the bigger picture is like, so, okay, so we do this, right? Like we, we do these, you know, private one-on-one coaching. We do events and, and workshops and digital courses. Like what's the bigger picture? Well, I'm hoping that women walk away really discovering not just, you know, who they truly are, but then what they're really meant to do in the world. And they proliferate, um, you know, their own magic. Um, and and why not do it in a, a way that's really sexy and turning yourself on through through Tantra. And then, yeah, if you've got a partner, let's do those things, too. That's so cool. And my maybe for the audience and maybe for uh, D&I's but maybe articulate the connection between um, sex magic, Tantra, and basically spiritual energy. How do, how do the two intersect? Because I think many of us stereotypical understandings of sex, you know, spirituality, it, we all know is a big buzzword right now. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes back to what I said um, a little earlier, and I think it's fair to to repeat it because there's just a lot here <laughs> to just impact or to unpack in general. So, you know, again, when we think about, you know, Tantra, Tantra mm-hmm. in what I consider in its simplest fashion is a, a form of, of sexual, you know, meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you go a little bit deeper, it's considered a transformation of, of sex into love through awareness, which awareness is considered a form, you know, of meditation, right? So, you know, where I believe spirituality comes in this is that when you are in the act of this meditation within yourself or with the partner, you are in communion with the divine by the sheer act of getting. So when we think about however, which way you meditate, or whatever spiritual practices that you might use to cultivate tuning into yourself, which is to me a spiritual practice, right? This is just another way of doing that. And that tuning in is this place of, um, you know, spirituality. And, and here's where the, the communion, I think, is really important. And the energy that you're cultivating is quite magic, is when you're in that place, anything and everything is possible. It becomes... Um, you know, a incubator for uh, manifestation, right? So um, I think that's what the magic is. And that's what I want to teach women. Because so far you think of sex as like, oh, let me just have this, you know, orgasm. Mm-hmm. It, may just be, it could be a, a, you know, five minute experience to maybe an hour or two, you know, at tops. And it's really not, uh, you know, the timing isn't, you know, relative. It, it's more like, okay, how are you, experiencing sex and so much of sex has been of the mind it's been so much of like of the body um you know but it's really not focused on you know something deeper something that you can access an energy that you can access within your body and when you can connect to that um you know consistently you're in this this place of you know pure creation the very thing that made you so it's a very potent energy that you're cultivating um, and that's the practice, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I think that's just the the teaching that I'm looking forward to to sharing. So hopefully that helps, but obviously follow up questions by all means. Yes. So if somebody wanted to learn a little bit more about that, um, tell us a little bit about your upcoming seminar. Ah, yes. Thank you. So we, um, in about a month, we are doing um, a free workshop called the Heart of Truth Speaking, a love language for in and out of the bedroom. So we will be teaching um, the whole experience will be Tantra um, in its in essence. You'll we'll have three facilitators that are going to be walking you through what a tantric experience, you know, would look like. Um, and it is a women's only, uh, you know, workshop. So you'll get your first taste of what that would be like. And people are thinking like, are we naked? Are there going to be men there? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that, um, you know, where we'll start in your journey with me and where most of my clients start is we talk about activating, you know, this energy within your yourself first before we think about, you know, partner play. So it's a great introduction to Tantra if you're new to it um, so that you can walk away with great practices that you can take home to cultivate, um, you know, this, this sex magic within yourself. And so how could people sign up? Yeah. So the best thing to do is just honestly to go to my website at mahilaniakiona.com and give us your email. And then we will send you a link when we register the event um, and then you'll just sign up. And then we do ask, we're, we're limiting it to a hundred people in the container. So if this is something that you're like, oh, this resonates with me, this sounds fun, this is intriguing, I'm curious, then don't wait, trust. Because <laughs> it's just gonna literally, we're just in our community of friends, like we're, we're basically like almost to the point where we don't have a ton of a new room, but it won't be the only opportunity, by the way, if for whatever reason, which we don't want to do, we don't want to turn anyone away. Please feel free to drop me a note and we can chat, you know, one-on-one. There will be another event um, in person in LA and one in France, but we also know that our community is a very international. So if you can't even make an in-person experience, we will be teaching a digital course that we're targeting for the summer, but we'll see how it goes. So if you um, are wanting to um, experience beyond a one hit kind of wonder, you'll have an opportunity to journey with us over about you know eight weeks where we go deeper into Tantra philosophy and, and practices overall. So I'm, I'm really pumped. I'm excited. I hate just as a side note, is there a minimum age requirement, 18 years and older or 21 and older or? Yeah, 18 plus would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. So will you be carding at the door? <laughs> we, we will be making sure that we, we don't have any minors, that's for sure. So that's fair. Honestly, is this like a rated event or is it adults only? Is it a what? I'm sorry. PG rated event. <laughs> you know, the, the, I would say the free workshop is definitely PG related. Same thing with, you know, the in-person. There's not like, you know, nudity or anything of that sort. You're, you know, you're, you're taking off your clothes. You're fully clothed and all of these exercises. I can only imagine what's like running through people's head. However, when we get to the digital course, there will likely be opportunities that will be far more intimate where clothing will likely be optional. So um, we, I want to make sure, like, you know, I'm glad that you asked the question about 18 or older. We're definitely going to be curating a community where everyone feels very safe, um, you know, to get 
to a place of vulnerability and intimacy, right? Like that was really, you know, important. Mahi, I, I know for the time I've known you, you've always been a dreamer and, you know, I'm so delighted to hear this journey that uh, you're sharing with us today. Where do you see yourself in a year from now or where would you like to be? And is there anything Dean I can do to help you or what type of support would you like from the universe or your, you know, inner circle? And where do you want to be a year from now? Oh, God, that's such a great question. Um, you know, personally, I really want to see my first year of my business really be successful. And for me, it just what's the impact that I'm making, right? You know, what, you know, we're rolling out new things in a very, you know, nascent industry. And it'll be really important to me that, you know, the intention of what we're doing really does, you know, it serves the people that we're, we're meant to serve. So I, I know what would be really helpful is just getting the word out of, you know, we're, I'm very new in, in terms of just starting, you know, this business. So whatever we can do to spread um, any of this information to our communities and women that we think would, that this would best serve, I think would be, you know, really, really helpful, you know, overall. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the year, I want to see, you know, our, the business skyrocket um, in the, in the digital landscape space in terms of like how we're servicing, um, because we feel like that's a, the best way to create a, you know, really great impact, you know, in the world. So, and I want women to walk away, you know, feeling, you know, not just healed, but empowered to, um, you know, to be free, to be wealthy and love, um, you know, all the things that I think deep down inside, they've always wanted to be, but didn't have the tools you know, that they needed. So that's the dream. That's where I want to be, you know, a year from now um, in terms of, you know, Be Love Coaching and in terms of like the brand um, overall. So anything we can do to support you in your success, Mahi, as as we both believe, Dee and I, it's been a blessing to have you here with us. I would love to do another check-in with you down the road, see how things are progressing. If you want to uh, peel back the layers of the onion a little bit more, you know, provide us feedback on your new business services and how it's going. And, you know, I, there's no doubt in my mind that there are people out there in the audience that will be truly inspired by, once again, I'm going to underscore courage, hope, and healing. Thank you both. Honestly, it was such a treat. I, and I, I'm pretty sure that you've been the, the first audience where I've collectively shared this like beginning to end kind of concept to where I'm at today. So I just applaud the both of you for holding this space. And I feel felt so comfortable to share. You know, I, there were moments where I thought, I'm, I, even before this prepping, I'm like, I'm going to ball. I'm going to cry. Like, I'm going to lose it. But I really just, you know, felt like, gosh, you know, this is you know, my life is, um, you know, it is what it is. I'm now, you know, kind of above and, and, and beyond and, and taking it to a place that now impacts, you know, not just me any longer. So now I just, is like, gosh, this is so much more than, than my own journey. And now it's about everyone else's journey. So I'm glad that I got to be a part of yours and I can't wait to share, um, you know, your medicine with my community too, because you guys were great hosts, you're great space holders. And I like really what a treat. 
Like I felt like I could just be me and speak my truth, you know, entirely, however, which way that it, that it needed to. So like a deep bow to, the, to both of you. And I appreciate it. Uh, Lottie, a, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> virtual hug between the yeah. so so mahi thank you again for your for telling us your story of courage healing and hope your candor is is truly inspirational for those out there listening who would like to contact mahi please contact her at her website www.mahaloniakiona.com she has an upcoming seminar feel free to sign up and get on her mailing list If you like Mahi's story, please like or subscribe to our new Beautifully Candid podcast, where we will continue to bring you stories like Mahi's. If you have an idea or wish to come on and tell us your visual story, please do not hesitate to contact us at beautifullycandid at gmail.com. We're your hosts. I'm Dee. I'm here with Elle. And this is Beautifully Candid. Real stories, real people. Until next time. Thank you.